always say it's just you have to find your own you know personal inspiration and motivation you know you have to you have to realize that uh, how important an education is but you have to kind of do it on your own terms you know like for me it was never a matter of someone telling me that you know this was important it was a matter of me finding that importance myself From sunny California, welcome to the Vision of the People podcast, a show about visionaries from various industries who share their inspiring stories and give advice to people wanting to make an impact on the world. As always, I'm your host, Rushi, like sushi with an R, and on today's episode, we have an amazing conversation with astronaut Scott Kelly. He really doesn't need an introduction, but for those who might not be familiar, Scott is a remarkable military fighter pilot test pilot, an engineer, U.S. Navy captain, and most notably, astronaut. Scott is one of NASA's finest astronauts who ran one of the most important biomedical studies NASA has ever run. He's registered a record-breaking stay on the ISS with over 500 days in space. From graduating at the bottom half of his high school to commanding the International Space Station, we cover multiple subjects including isolation, working hard, becoming multiplanetary, and finding your passion. Scott received a Bachelor of Science degree in Electrical Engineering from the State University of New York Maritime College and received a Master's degree in Aviation Systems from the University of Tennessee. A symbol of inspiration across the world, it was truly an honor of a lifetime to speak with an American hero, our hero, astronaut Scott Kelly. Hope you enjoy. Welcome to another episode on Vision of the People podcast. I have and out of this world, a guest to say the least, um, Scott, uh, astronaut Scott Kelly. Scott, we are deeply, deeply honored and thankful to have you on the show today. My pleasure, Rushi. Good to be here. All right. So I'm going to dive right into the questions. Um, from a five-year-old having nightmares on launching a rocket, graduating bottom half of your class in high school applying to the wrong university, and ending up becoming one of NASA's finest astronauts, running one of the most important biomedical studies NASA's ever run in its history on the ISS. I'd say that's one of the greatest comeback ever in human history. Um, The the question I want to start with, did you ever think you'd be where you were at as as a young kid with where you are now? Absolutely not. You know, I uh, was interested in uh, space flight, just like, you know, most kids are, but kind of in this, like, fantasy kind of way, never actually thinking that I could become an astronaut, um, because I was, like you mentioned, that, you know, I was a bad student, I couldn't pay attention, uh, didn't do well in school, so it's not really, it's not something that was real to me, so no, to answer your question, never expected it. <laughs> and it's been, it's been an absolute dream run, and... When I when I look at this year, it's been a tough year, kind of reflecting on current position. It's been rough for so many people. Um, isolation is depressing at times, and I think uh, you're an expert at isolation, right? Over 540 days in space, about 340 consecutively, uh, and you couldn't even go outside for a walk. Well, not including spacewalks, at least. Um, in the book, in your book, and in the Netflix series, you talk about how sometimes space and distance um, brings people closer. Now, because we're in this COVID pandemic situation, and even with the fires, 
Um, surely you must have good advice for us here during these crazy times on how you uh, deal with isolation. Well, yeah, that was, uh, you know, part of my job um, living on the space station. And, uh, you know, I was fortunate that before my year-long flight, I had a six-month flight. So it gave me a little bit of experience of what it's like being in a enclosed space for a really long time. And I found after six months that, you know, it did kind of feel like the walls were closing in on me a little bit. So mm-hmm. when I had the opportunity to fly for a year, I, uh, you know, put a lot of thought into it on how, I would manage, uh, you know, the confinement and the isolation. And for me, it had a lot to do, uh, you know, getting through it with, uh, you know, as much energy and enthusiasm at the end that I had at the beginning, I think, you know, had to do with, uh, had a lot to do with, you know, having a, a concrete plan and sticking to it. Uh, you know, having a schedule that, you know, is not only scheduling your work if you're, you know, lucky enough to be able to work from home, but also, you know, like extracurricular activities, if you want to call it that, things that, uh, you know, reduce your stress, exercise, getting outside, connecting with people on the ground. Um, you know, I found that having weekends that were different from the weekday, at least one day on the weekends that were different from the weeks, kind of gave me something to look forward to and uh, kind of recharge my batteries. And, you know, I find that in this... Uh, you know, the pan, this pandemic, and especially in the beginning when I was living in an apartment, I recently moved to a house, but, uh, you know, I found that keeping that same type of schedule with those same type of things uh, uh, was really, really important to, uh, you know, make it easier. And, uh, you know, I know everyone's situation is different and, you know, their challenges are, are different than mine or other people's. You know, some people might think, well, you know, yeah, all that stuff is great, but I got to worry about, you know, how I'm paying for my kids uh, lunch money at, uh, or, you know, buying, you know, paying the rent and stuff like that. So you know, I do get it, but, uh, you know, those are the things that work for me and, and I still think about uh, now. Wow. What's the what's the funnest thing you did on the weekends up in space? Um, you know, I found that the, the best moments in space that were not like work related were the, you know, the social activities, um, you know, like a, a Friday night where we would get together all, you know, three of us or six of us. In some cases I had, you know, I was on the space station for a week with nine people. You know, we would get together on like a Friday night and have dinner and just kind of, you know, make it, you know, a few hour long event, maybe watch a movie sometimes. And so it was those moments that really involved, you know, your crewmates and spending quality time with them. Wow. That uh, sounds notable. Now, now, when you were in space, and, and, you know, space has definitely changed you physically and genetically now to some extent. Has it changed you psychologically? Has it altered your personal philosophies from, say, before you went to space? Yeah, I think so. And I think that's uh, kind of a common um, theme with people that have had the privilege of, of flying into space. And that is, uh, you know, a, a couple of a couple of things, you know, you, you get to see, you know, how, how fragile the earth looks and our environment looks. The atmosphere is thin. 
parts of it, uh, parts of the planet are almost always covered in pollution. Um, you know, noticed over the course of my 17 years flying in space, the destruction of the rainforests. So, you know, I think you have a more better appreciation for the fragility of, of Earth. Um, but also, when you look at the planet, you don't see political borders. And, um, mm. you know, it gives you the sense that we are all connected in this thing called humanity. Uh, we rely on each other. And I think this pandemic has taught us, taught us, or at least taught me, that no matter how interconnected I thought we were from looking at the Earth from space, uh, in fact, we are even more connected in that, you know, something happens and one part of the country can immediately impact uh, the rest of the world, or one part of the world can immediately impact the rest of the world. So, you know, generally those... Uh, I think those are the two themes uh, that are often referred to as this uh, orbital perspective or overview effect of uh, mm. you know, being able to leave Earth and uh, look at it from afar. And, I mean, those are fantastic points that you bring up. And, you know, you probably see Earth every day, right? Every 90 minutes you're seeing um, a sunrise or sunset, I believe. Has, has your definition or viewpoint of taking things for granted changed? I, I think when you came back from your 340-day stay, the, the year in space, I think the first thing you did when you came back home was jump in the pool. Is that correct? Yeah, so, uh, you know, certainly uh, in the immediate aftermath of being away from the planet for 340 days, you really appreciate the fact that, you know, as a human, Earth has pretty much everything to offer um, that space does not. And you miss those things. Uh, you know, the human connections, the, uh, you know, just the, the especially, in, you know, depending on where you live, but the freedoms to, uh, you know, kind of do what you want when you want. Um, the, uh, you know, the ability to go outside and appreciate the weather, the rain, the wind, the sun, you know, all those things that uh, you don't have, you certainly want to get your uh, your fill of them uh, as much as you can as soon as you get back. Now, of course, you know, like anything else, over time, uh, things kind of go more back to normal. But I do sometimes reflect on those things that I missed and how um, you know appreciative I am of now having them again. Wow, you know, you know, when I hear you say that, it's it's crazy because, you know, there's been fires here in, in the entire state of California. I'm down in SoCal. Um, especially us Californians, we're so spoiled that if it's if it's over 100 one day, we're always complaining. Or if it's too cold, we're always complaining. But I hear you on the other side where it's like even just to have um, the, sun, the feeling of sun, you know, on your body or, or just, you know, being cold, feeling the breeze, um, going to the beach, just taking a walk outside is... Something as simple as that can be can be um, you know amazing to feel. So um, it's it's a tremendous. I've never had a conversation with someone like this, and it kind of really changes uh, the way you look at life. So I do appreciate um, you kind of sharing those viewpoints. And you know, again, it's it's a dream to have you on the show. Now, the the International Space Station. When I look at it, it really seems like it's the gateway to the stars. Do you think do you think humans will be a spacefaring civilization? I mean, you've seen it front and center. 
Do we even need to be? Well, I think we need to be. I think we can be. Whether we will be, it's kind of up to us, right? So, um, no, I think it's important what we get from the space program, uh, you know, in terms of uh, technology and contributions to the economy, high-paying jobs, the inspiration that, uh, you know, kids in this country and around the world get from NASA, I think, is worth every cent because you have kids wanting to grow up and, and work uh, for the space program, whether they're astronaut or engineer or something. You know, not all those guys are going to do that, but what it's going to do is it's going to encourage them to be better students in science and math and engineering, you know, the STEM-type subjects that are so important to our economy. So I think it's something that we uh, we should continue, but really, you know, it's kind of up to us. And, uh, you know, I think as, uh, you know, a species in general, we're we're capable of doing incredible things. We're also capable of making really bad decisions. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I think like, there's a lot of examples of that. Yeah, and uh, unfortunately increasing these days um, out of some situations. Now, I want to transition to sort of questions that have been coming in from the audience um, that, you know, I had the chance to ask. Um, And this is related to this question in terms of, you know, being a spacefaring civilization. Um, The purpose of your year-long mission in space was to understand the effects of prolonged human body exposure to the harsh space environment. You know, given that Mars doesn't have a magnetosphere, how do you think humans are going to survive on the way to Mars and once they get there from the constant radiation um, of space? Well, you know, there's there's a couple of, there's a few ways, right? One is you get there really fast. That might not be the best option, right? So you're exposed to the radiation less. Mm-hmm. The other way is with some type of, um, you know, insulating insulation uh, from the radiation, whether it's uh, water or maybe you create your own, you know, magnetic field, um, you know, around the spacecraft or the habitat. And the third way is you don't do anything. Now, is the third way, <laughs> you know, um, ethical? I don't know. That'd be for someone to determine. But um, you know, people have risked their you know, their, their lives in, 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 you know, in our history for many, many endeavors of many things. And I guess that would be an option as well. I don't think it's an option we would take, but I guess, you know, to really answer your question, I think those are really the three options we have. Oh, okay. Well, that'll be interesting as the journey to Mars kind of unfolds, uh, over the course of the next decade. So now I want to transition to uh to kind of your early days and through your personal journey because that has been um inspirational to to tons and tons of millions of people across the world you know i've I've heard you often say that uh you would never pay attention in class right always looking out the window weren't the best in your class during your teens does that mean anyone can become an astronaut if they work hard Assuming you meet the requirements, you know, like the medical requirements, then everyone has the opportunity. And, well, let me back up a little bit. If you're talking about 
NASA astronaut, there are certain requirements. One is you have to be, you know, a U.S. citizen. You have to be a college graduate in a certain mm-hmm. field of study. So, you know, assuming you meet those um, requirements and uh, you're physically qualified, then kind of the rest is on you. So, uh, I think everyone has a uh, has a chance now. Uh, there's a lot of people that apply for the job and there's very few uh, opportunities. But the fact that like I can become an astronaut and some of my colleagues can become an astronaut <laughs> means that it's possible. Because, well, the reason I asked that question is because, you know, I, I interned for NASA and my notion was always that you have to be the best at math. You have to be the best at science, best at biology. Literally, you have to be the best at everything. Uh, and in your case, you constantly go back and say that you weren't the best in all those things, at least yeah. in the early days. So how does that, you know, how, how did you balance that and like kind of talk to me? Do you have to be the best at everything to kind of achieve your goals and dreams in some ways? No, I don't think so. Um, because, you know, they want, you're not going to, I think it's going to be rare to find somebody that's the best at everything. You know, you certainly want people that have done well in their chosen career field uh, because that's really an indicator of, you know, their performance, how their performance is going to be in their new job. But I was on the selection board for astronauts, and I think, you know, what the board the selection board does is they, they make sure people have the basic requirements, you know, the, you know, certainly they interview people that are, are very highly qualified, right? Mm-hmm. But once they, you decide who to interview, then it's kind of a level playing field. You know, they're not, you're not, you're not comparing somebody's, this guy's ability in math to this girl's ability in math. It's now, um, you know, once you're brought into NASA, it's more of who do you think would be better to work with? Who is who is a better, uh, who would be a better teammate, a better leader? Who would deal with the, the stress and the uh, isolation and the challenges of the job? So, no, you don't have to be the best at everything. I think, especially as a space station crew member, it's more you have to be good at a lot of things. Um, you know, not only with dealing with the challenge, the operational challenges of the job, but also, you know, being a, a good with, with working with tools, being, um, you know, having uh, the skills to like fly the robot arm, having the type of personality that people would not find, um, you know, objectionable to live in space for a long period of time. So uh, do you have to be the best at everything? No, you don't. Wow. So, you know, team dynamics matter and being a team player matters, uh, I guess, everywhere, um, even outside this world. So <laughs> that's fascinating. Now, Albert Einstein, you know, once said, if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, it will always live its life thinking uh, it's stupid. And I think you once you read um, the right stuff, I think back in 18, when you were uh, when you just gotten in college, how did you you know, how did you realize your own potential and how, how can, how can people in, in their young, same age can, can realize their own potential? Um, so I, you know, I was a bad student, but you know, one thing my parents did that I thought was pretty good, uh, even though they were kind of like, you know, not around a lot cause they were always working, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, especially in, 
once my brother and I got into our teenage years, one thing they always um, left us with was this idea that anything was possible if you, you know, worked hard and never, uh, you know, never gave up on your on your goals. But for me, you know, I, it was just so hard for me to pay attention in school, and, and uh, you know, I think I probably had ADD or ADHD or something like that. But it was not a big thing at the time to like diagnose kids with that. Um, <laughs> but it wasn't until I read Tom's book that I felt like I had things in common with the guys in the book. They're all guys at the time, and you know, for your audience, the, the right the book is the right stuff, and it's about the early days of the space program and, uh, you know, the military pilots and test pilots that became those original Mercury, Gemini, and Apollo astronauts. And I recognize, you know, I, I felt the connection to them, like with like personality and maybe risk taking a little bit. And, um, you know, it's been so, uh, it's been a while since I read it, but, um, I knew that there was one thing I did not have in common with them. And that is I was not a good student because they went to, you know, good schools and, uh, you know, had engineering degrees and did well. And I didn't. So, um, I just felt like, wow, if I could just fix that one thing, maybe I could be a pilot in the Navy or, um, maybe be a test pilot, maybe, even an astronaut someday. So for me, it was a uh, kind of like a spark, an inspiration. And when people ask me, Hey, you know, my kid is not the greatest student or I'm not the greatest student of like, you know, what, what could make you do better. And from, I always say, it's just, you have to find your own, you know, personal inspiration and motivation. You know, you have to, you have to realize that how important an education is, but you have to kind of do it on your own terms. You know, like for me, it was never a matter of someone telling me that, you know, this is important. It was a matter of me finding that importance myself. Wow. Um, those are some great, 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 great words, um, which I think will help a lot of my listeners. Now, yeah, so, so let me, let me just add on to that a little bit. Yeah. So, you know, what would a parent do, right? Or a, a teacher, mm -hmm. you wouldn't tell the kid, Hey, you got to do your homework because it's important. Uh, I mean, you, you certainly should do that, but you know, that's probably not going to work that well. Mm -hmm. You have to expose those kids, I think, to enough things that eventually one of them is this, you know, turns the light bulb on for, you know, why, uh, you know, why their performance is, is important. Yeah, something that tugs at their curiosity. Yeah, anything. Wow. Okay, so now as the clock's kind of winding down, I know you got to leave shortly, um, I want to get into tacticals, right? Super tactical. So if you were, if you were 22, 24 and had the chance to go back in time to change anything about the journey, would you change anything? Let's see, I graduated, let me see, right. I think I graduated, well, I graduated college in 1987, I was 23, so I was in the Navy uh, in flight school, um, learning how to fly airplanes, uh, and eventually the F-14 Tomcat. Um, 
I can't say at that time I would have changed anything. I think I was at a good kind of a starting point. Um, what I would change, though, is when I was much younger. And that is, you know, I feel like now, granted, the, the, you know, you look at the end point, you're like, big deal, right? It didn't, didn't seem to make a difference in your case, but I did waste like, you know, my first basically 14 years of my education, kindergarten through the first year of college, <laughs> basically not paying attention. Talk about a colossal waste of time. Um, you know, and all, and all the stuff I could have learned in those, those 14 years that, uh, you know, would have made me, you know, smarter than I am today or maybe just would have made me smart. I don't know. But, <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's what I would absolutely. That's that's my one major regret right there. Wow. Okay. So I don't think. <laughs> I mean, I certainly don't look at it right now. Maybe hopefully within a decade or something, I look back this kind of the same way. Now, but what I would t- what I would say to those kids that are out there that have you know goals and dreams and uh, you know, and that is um, that. Uh, you know, every opportunity they have to learn and, and to show, uh, you know, how good they are, or whatever they're trying to do. Um, you know, I, you know, once I kind of got on my feet, so to speak, I uh, you know, just always tried to do my best. And, uh, you know, in anything I did, uh, especially, you know, work related stuff hmm. really is what I mean. And because you never know where you know, your path will lead. I, when I can remember when I was in a, a kind of a young astronaut, I went back to my college reunion and I had uh, a guy I was a Navy ROTC with who also went to Navy flight school and became a, a Navy pilot. And I remember him saying to me, you know, I remember when we were sitting in the, like our engineering classes and you were always trying to do really, really well. And I was thinking, you know, I only had to do well enough to like, become a Navy pilot like I didn't have to get really really good grades I could just get good grades and he said I wish I would have taken your route because you know later I wanted to become a test pilot and that wasn't available to me because I didn't do well enough in my you know academic career even though I was a pretty good pilot so you just never know you know what future opportunities you have will depend on your you know your your prior performance so you might as well you know, if you have the ability, you know, everyone has the ability, I think, just do your best at all times. Wow. Now, great stuff. Now, before you launch, you'd always ask, um, you know, the, the, the people in um, ISS, you know, if you were me, what would you be doing right now getting ready for launch? So I think it's my turn now. You know, I want to ask you, what's the best piece of advice you've ever received or given? We can yeah, come back to it if I you never, want to think about it. I don't, I don't know if I've ever been asked. I, I'm sure I've been asked that question, right? Because I, I, I can recall hearing it. But I don't, I don't recall really ever having a really good... Uh, oh, I know. Here's a good piece of advice I got. I was, you know, after I found my inspiration in the... You know, my in the in the book, the right stuff. I changed. I, I became a, a little bit better student, but I wasn't really that great yet. 
at studying, especially in math, right? I, I always had a challenge in math. And I can remember uh, my first year of my second attempt at college. And uh, I was getting ready to go to a party at a, a high school friend's uh, fraternity at a different school. And uh, my brother asked me, he said, hey, don't you have like a calculus test coming up? And I said, yeah, but it's like middle of next week. I'll study when I get back. And he goes, and he used some, you know, expletive, I think. And he <laughs> says, what are you, crazy? I mean, you should be doing every problem in every chapter of that book over and over again until you can't stand it anymore and can do, you know, you know, know as much as you possibly can. And I almost didn't listen to him, but I did. And I stayed in that weekend and I, you know, piled a whole stack of papers of problems up on my desk and took the test and I got a hundred. Then I realized, oh, well, now I know what it takes to do well, right? So that was a really good piece of advice. As far as advice that I've given, I don't know. Maybe what I've told you here today is pretty good advice. I think that has been fantastic. Um, <laughs> and and I think the last question, and then we go to a quick 30-second round, is is what keeps you going? You know, what's next for Scott Kelly? good to see that you're also human at the end of the day um now um quick you know two words one answer section it's only 30 seconds so i'll i'll give you two options and you just have to pick one um and then we're done so here we go space or nature nature call or text text breakfast or dinner Watch or play sports? Oh, I'm sorry. Watch. Uh, Jeans or sweatpants? Sweatpants. (laughs) Summer or winter? Winter. Uh, Beach or cupola? Cupola. Baikonur or Texas? Texas. Silence or noise? Silence. Reading or listening to music? Reading. Roses or zinnias? Ooh, zinnias. And uh, the last one, gravity or zero G? Gravity. All right. Um, well, gravity it- is good. <laughs> Without gravity, we wouldn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it has been an utmost honor of my life um, and, oh, on be- on. and on behalf of all of us. I mean, it's crazy. Scott, seriously, as a, as a NASA intern, um, this is the closest thing I'll ever get to becoming an astronaut to, to speaking to one. So it has honestly been an honor of my life um, and I'll cherish this um, for the rest of my life for sure. And on behalf of all my listeners, um, you know, we are we are deeply, deeply thankful. All right, Richie. Thanks. 
Hey, thanks so much for listening. Let me know what you thought. Your feedback really means a lot to me. I'll have Mamba finish this one out. Have a good time. Enjoy life. It's um, life is too short to, to to get bogged down to be discouraged or. Um, you have to keep moving. You have to keep going. Put one foot in front of the other, smile, and just keep on rolling.